What is up? You're listening to the 3 and D podcast. I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find us on Twitter at 3 and D pod. You can find me at J underscore Timberfake underscore. Uh, as always, we're a part of the Grizzly Bear Blues network of podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. You can find us online at grizzlybearblues.com. Make sure you check out GBB Live, the Core 4 podcast, and the Starting 5 podcast um, this week. Um, I'm going to jump right into um, just the heartbreak of a sports fan. Friday started it all off for me. Um, the GBB draft, community mark draft started, and I made a trade with Mr. Ben Hogan uh, to trade from, from one to three because I wanted to take Obi Topin at three because I thought he was a good fit, but I didn't want to take him at one. Uh, but because I was at basketball practice, my time ran out, um, and I didn't know it. And I was auto-picked Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards is a player uh, that has a skill set that I'm not fond of. It's a Dylan Brooks-esque skill set. And um, everybody knows my disdain for Mr. Brooks. And I just didn't think Anthony Edwards was a good fit for the Minnesota Token Wolves. Then I desperately sought to trade Anthony Edwards for another high pick to try to take Topin until he was taken by the Detroit Pistons. And then I was like, I'll go for Isaac Okaro. He was snagged before I could make a trade happen. And then I was going to go for Patrick Williams, and he was snagged to pick before my pick 17. And then the Braves lost game five. Then we go to Saturday. Ole Miss wants to throw six interceptions and blow it for me. And the Braves lose game six. We go to Sunday. Every parlay that I had on the NFL was screwed by the Falcons-Panthers game. And the Braves lose game seven. So here I am on Monday, desperately hoping for Miko Hardman to outscore Greg Zerline by four fantasy points so that I could beat Broke Knees, Brandon Abraham, and our punishment league. And Miko Hardman through uh, halfway the fourth quarter has one target and a drop. Um, so unless Zerline goes in and misses like four extra points tonight, this will be the hardest four-day stretch of sports fanhood in my entire life. Um, so we need to talk about something positive, which may include trading Dylan Brooks on tonight's podcast. Um, with me, I have two uh, GBBers who are far more talented than I am. Um, so I'm going to bring them on right now. First up, we have Mr. Ben Hogan. How are you, sir? Doing all right. I'm doing a little better than you, it sounds like. Sounds My chronos like got bounced already, so I didn't have to deal with the heartbreak. <laughs> Um, and then I, I'm sure we have an ecstatic college football fan and Miss Leanna Ritter. How are you? I am phenomenal. I can't beat it. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently that New York senator, um, he, he could. <laughs> oh, too far. All right. So um, here's what we're going to do tonight with the assistance of Mr. Hogan and Miss Ritter. We're going to go through the uh, Grizzlies roster minus John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and talk about uh, what we'd like to see happen with them over this offseason, whether it's just hang on to them, re-sign them, uh, sign and trade, trade them straight up, um, and just everybody kind of pitch in. It's the offseason, so we're going to have a little fun with it. So our first player that we're going to have up is going to be Gorgie Dang, and he is on his final year of a contract where he's owed $17 million. Um, so he could very well be moved in a, in a deal that somebody else is looking for, an expiring contract, to make a play in the 2021 free agency. 
and Grizzlies could bring something back. So I'll start with you, uh, Leanna. What would you like to see done with uh, Mr. Jang this offseason? Um, I got to say, I don't really think, like, realistically, we're going to see that many waves um, this offseason. Unless something crazy changes, I don't see much happening. But that's something I could see would be um, – Maybe it maybe maybe a trade. I'm not really sure. I, I don't I'm not super impressed with him. I mean, he he's not super impactful. He averaged what, like seven points every time he played. I I don't know. I just I don't realistically think that long term looking, if we're looking to be the most impactful this offseason, which I don't really think there's much that we can do right now except wait um and player development, but I don't think he is a long term I guess, asset. Right. All right, Ben? Uh, I, I would hope that somebody may be able – maybe find a trade partner. I doubt that. And I don't know if the Grizzlies will be in the situation where, you know, it gets close to the trade deadline. You try to showcase them to try and get a taker then to at least get something back before, you know, before his contract runs out. But, I mean, he's – He's a guy that's taken the biggest hit to the salary cap this year. And if you can move him and get something back, that'd be great. I just, I don't necessarily think that the Grizzlies will use him that much. And, you know, once the season starts, I think you're kind of stuck with him on the roster. Right. So I'm one that actually is kind of a fan of his. If you look at what he did when Carl Anthony Towns went down in Minnesota and he got to start, like he was a beast at times. And the only reason I know that is because I picked him up in fantasy basketball and he did very, very well um, for me. Yeah. Um, he, he has talent. He can um, – honestly, he can switch on the pick and roll better than Valanciunas can. Um, he spreads the floor at the same level, if not more than Valanciunas can. He rebounds and blocks shots almost at the same level. Um, yet we value um, JV so highly. I'm not saying that we should start him over Valanciunas by any means. But I do think that off the bench, if this team were to make a playoff run, he's somebody that is um, could be impactful for us. But I would have to side with uh, Ben that I would hope somebody would come in and kind of offer us something um, for the fact that he's an expiring contract. Something like, you know, when we got rid of Chandler Parsons uh, last year where they, they wanted to get off uh, two guys to create a roster spot. You know, what if we took on, you know, two young guys or two other expiring contracts to get off of – um, his one large contract. I don't know. It's something that um, will be interesting because not a lot of guys are bringing another starting center type size body off the bench. When, usually when you go to the bench, you're going small. Um, yeah. So I, and he kind of got played off the floor in the play in, in the bubble when it came time to, um, you know, make a run. Now the only time I'd see him being an advantage, and I wrote about this before the bubble, you know, started was when you played somebody against the Lakers, when they were coming with Dwight Howard off the bench. Um, so you could, you know, counteract with that because, let's be honest, Jaron Jackson Jr. or Brandon Clark running back at five minutes against Dwight Howard, they would have been pushed around quite a bit. Um, but you don't hang on to a guy just for a matchup. So we, that's somebody that we would need to move on. So with that, our next highest contract is the guy that plays his position. is Jonas Valanciunas. Do you think this is the offseason – that we move him. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no. I think his most valuable time will be next offseason when he's an expiring contract. And it's going to be some, I would not even next offseason, I would say next trade deadline. 
So 2022 in February, I think when there's some team that is making some push for a championship, um, wants to take the expiring contract and get the, the help off the bench, whether it's – or even to replace an injury, say their starting center gets hurt, I think Valanciunas' um, biggest value will be coming in February 2022. Ben, what about you? Uh, I think they should just keep keep him. I mean, he's worked well with the the Grizzlies so far. He's worked well in the lineup. I understand that there are some people that rather see, you know, uh, Brandon Clark and Jaron play together at maybe the four and the five. But I think with Jonas and what you have with him now, I think he's a good complement to Jaron Jackson. And you can use that lineup. You can use Brandon Clark and Jaron this year to see how they work well. They how well they work together. And at least go through this year. And like you said, I do think that maybe, maybe in the next trade deadline is when you try and see if you can get something back. But if he's working with you and you're making a playoff push with him, I don't see the point in trying to mix it up and change what's working. Uh, no doubt. Leanna? No, I totally agree. I don't think now is the time. Um, I, I'd definitely say see how things go this season and see how, like, I guess the chemistry – um, but I don't think it's the time, not yet. Right. Uh, I, this next guy we have up, I'm just going to say that we're probably on the same page that we want to see how this plays out with him. Justice Winslow, um, we just got him. We're, he's that, that playmaking wing uh, that played point guard for Miami at, for a stretch uh, two years ago. Uh, so I, I would just dare say that you guys are on the same page that we we're just going to move on from him and say we're keeping him and see what he can do. Um. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, yeah, I it kind of just it depends on how much you trust the decisions that have been made, and I'm kind of curious. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm definitely still afraid of his him being so accident prone, but other than that, I'm I'm very curious to see how it works. That's fair. I just don't um, know what kind yeah. of value you're going to get back for him. That's right. my only thing. Is like, it's injury prone, and you know, how it's, is he going to be healthy, or is he going to be healthy? And that's my whole thing about it. A gamble. It's definitely a gamble. It's like, is it worth seeing if he's actually worth keeping, or worth risking the money of him busting his knee or something? You know. Well, at least it's only thirteen million for bad knees over twenty-five. <laughs> All right, the next guy on the list. Uh, I'm going to save him for last because I have to. I have to uh, think about him. We'll skip down to Kyle Anderson. Um, he is a, uh, I think, a fan favorite to get moved, just because he doesn't really fit. Um, his playmaking on the wing does. Um, we, we do like what he can do with that. His perimeter defense isn't bad either. Um, but he is just slow. And, I mean, he's got the nickname slow-mo for a reason. Um, I do think um, that there will be teams that take him. And this happened in the, the GBB mock draft. I saw Connor Dunning bring up that the Lakers would actually be an interesting fit for Kyle Anderson. And I think that's not far off. Um, the Lakers aren't running as fast as the Grizzlies or other teams are. Um, they've got to slow it down kind of guys. And LeBron needs some more playmaking and defense. And if – I actually really like that idea. I do too. So, like, here, here's what I – yeah. I like it. 
and I don't want to help LeBron, and I don't want to help the Lakers, but <laughs> but sending Kyle Anderson um, to the Lakers for somebody like Danny Green or or something like that, like I'm totally fine with that. So for me, this is number one on the list of who we look to trade because his contract's tradable. He's still 27 years old. Um, he's a good defender. He's just not the brand that we're looking for here in, in Memphis. Heck, even he would be better fit in Milwaukee, which is the same system that we're running. They're just running it a little bit slower than we are. Um, so he's my, my top of the trade list. So, Leanna, what, what's your thoughts other than trading to the Lakers? Um, honestly, I wasn't thinking trade until you said that. Um, I, I kind of have only three players in mind to trade at this given point, and he wasn't one of them. But I kind of like that idea. I hadn't thought of that, and it's it's intriguing. I'd I'd be curious to see. Ben, I think he needs to be traded just because all the points you mentioned. He slows down the offense. He doesn't really quite fit into what they're doing now. He's great. He can play multiple positions, which is fine. But you know he does have two years left on his contract, and if you can get it off the books, you know for next season. I mean, you got Jaron and Ja that you're eventually going to have to sign two extensions. If you can get con- rid of contracts that, you know, have more than one year left on them and you can get something in return from it, I think go ahead and do it. Yeah, I, I def- he's definitely not long-term. Um, whether it's now or later, he's definitely not long-term. But I, I think I kind of like the, the Lakers trade proposal. Yeah, no doubt. Not. Lakers don't have a lot. I'm looking at their what they have available to trade. Um, they have Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Quinn Cook, Alex Caruso, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Is literally all they have um, to do, unless they do a sign and trade with somebody. Which, you know, they're not going to send Kyle Kuzma out for Kyle Anderson. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, Javale McGee's on a player option. Caldwell Pope's on a player option. Bradley's on a player option. I'd be interested to see. I would take a. Caldwell Pope for Kyle Anderson straight up swap. Um, I don't think that the Lakers would necessarily do that. Um, but yeah, so next on our list is Josh Jackson. He had an $8.9 million contract last year, who he obviously underplayed on that. Uh, he's still 23 years old. Um, his player efficiency rating was right around league average. Um, he had a moment and before the league shut down where he was leading our team in scoring over a stretch of games. Uh, he's that wing player that the Grizzlies have kind of always missed, but he just seems to be more of a name that has potential than actually a player. Um, so for me on Josh Jackson, it would have to be like a one-year, $2 million contract um, if we can't fill it somewhere else. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of giving him another shot. I don't know if he's really given a fair shot this year or not. I think the shutdown kind of hurt our ability to see. But here's the thing, like, he did well at the end of the, the regular season before it shut down and went to the bubble. But then we get to the bubble, and he doesn't see the floor. So I don't know if that was something that was off the court that he had done again or if Jenkins and the staff is just ready to move on from this guy. So Josh Jackson, for me, would be a project that I wouldn't spend more than $2 million on. What about you, Mr. Hogan? I'd say just let him walk. I'm taking a lot of this stuff away from what I gathered from the bubble. But whether it was he just forced his way out of the rotation or it was something off the court, no matter what, it's still a distraction. And it's still 
something that you probably don't want to deal with. You don't want to deal with a guy that's either not going to be in the rotation. And if he's not in the rotation, he's probably going to be a distraction nonetheless. So I would just say, let him, let him walk. He showed potential, but I just think they need to move on without Josh Jackson. Deanna. I think it kind of depends on your faith in the process. I mean, like, I agree with you. I wouldn't spend more than $2 million and then a one-year contract. But I don't know. I feel like now is a good time for player development because we're not going to do anything majorly different than we did this year. And without a number one draft pick, you don't have very many options. The kid is young. I think it's a better choice to keep him for now. I mean, and if you don't see any improvement, obviously. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a firm believer that this would be a good time to focus on player development with him. I, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, this is definitely a year. Um, to be honest, the Grizzlies could, could get better and still miss the playoffs um, because the Warriors will be back full strength. Um, the, the Trailblazers are going to be there still. All the teams that are in the playoffs ahead of us aren't going to get, you know, worse. Um, so this is a year you want to develop guys. So th- here's my thought on the one-year, $2 million deal for him. You take that risk of, okay, he has finally just reached his potential, and then you're going to get nothing for him because he's going to get paid in, in an offseason where a lot of teams are going to have some cap room. Um, so it's almost like if you're going to take the development approach with him, you might want to go two years, $4 million, just in case you take that chance of we develop this guy, we're going to get something out of him the next year. Um, but – at the same time, like, I'm not – he's not a priority. Um, if if nobody wants to pick him up and he's still sitting there and we got the space, heck, we can send him back down to the hustle again um, and let him get some run and develop. Um, the next guy I think we'd all would agree on would be Tyus Jones. Uh, I think he submitted himself as at least top two best backup point guard in Grizzlies history, if not the best. Um, I, I would say – you know, we – you don't really entertain a conversation for trading Tyus Jones unless you're getting a better backup point guard back in the deal. Um, what do you guys say? I agree. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, you got to hold on to him. Yeah. All right. Um, so, this next guy, I um, I wrote the profile for him when we signed him from overseas thinking that um, he, he had a chance to be a difference maker. Uh, but he – I don't, I don't know if the lights were too much for him, if the moment was too big being in the NBA, but Marco Guterich um, struggled severely. Um, and I saw that Joe Molinax in our Grizzly Bear Blues mock draft uh, actually got rid of Guterich for a second-round pick with the Sacramento Kings. Um, that's best-case scenario for him, I think. You're not going to get any return. Like, some – mystery irrelevant pick number 60 uh second round pick where you see some other guy that you might believe in as a development player like say mason jones drops all the way to 60 and somebody wants to you know give us pick 60 for marco guterich i think you you take that and you run and you lock the door and never call us call that team back <laughs> yeah i agree i don't see a scenario where you could do better than that i don't think it's possible yeah that was pretty easy. All right. Go ahead, Ben. 
No, I said I don't think there's much else to say about him. I mean, yeah. If you, no, yeah. If you can get a second-round pick for him of a guy you like, go for it. No doubt. All right. So this next guy is one of the more interesting guys because some people are going to say he's untouchable, and then you got guys like Sean Coleman who's going to trade him every chance he gets because you can never have too many assets. Well, you're going to ask Danny Age. You can keep building assets, but if you're going to do something with it, it ain't going to help you out. Brandon Clark. You know, we got lucky to land him in the draft. Um, the fact that he fell so far, he had, you know, was the most efficient rookie in NBA history. Um, to me, if it's not some star on the wing, I'm talking like Bradley Bill type, Brandon Clark's staying home. Like, there, there is no reason to move this guy because I don't know if, I, if I've ever had this conversation with either one of you. I, I liken Jaron Jackson Jr., Ja Morant, and Brandon Clark to a – uh, Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion trio back in the, the running gun Suns days um, before that was the thing in the NBA. Now, obviously, those are two guys that will make the Hall of Fame. Stoudemire probably won't. Um, but three, like, all-star talent NBA players, um, you know, to compare these guys. I just think the way that they, they mesh and they play and the way that we're playing in a system, I think that's, you know, Brandon Clark is that Sean Marion character who's very, very valuable. Um, so I think he's the power forward of the future when you make Jaron become your five of the future, which I'm looking at tradenba.com actually has Jaron listed as a center. Um, so for me, Clark is untouchable unless it's a star on the wing. Yeah, I, I definitely, I don't think anybody, I don't, I never say never. I don't think anybody is ever completely untouchable, but I'd say he's pretty close to it. Um, and I don't see any scenario as to why you would trade him. None. Not even for Bradley Bill? No. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't think My thing is, I think as far as like looking, like I said, I don't feel like there's a whole lot that we can do right now. But looking long term, I think you just got to chill and just hang on to the good pieces you got. I hear you. I, I don't think if you're, if you're thinking that you're going to move forward with Ja and Jaron. I don't see why you would get rid of Brandon Clark. I just, I just think that. Yeah, that would. You're building be for the future. It's your future. Right. Yeah, no. if for reason they were just like. No reason. I don't know. I I don't see any reason that that wouldn't work. Actually, I was going to try to come up with a scenario, but I don't think there is. Because, <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. No, it, you know, I, I see a lot of these trades where, where, you know, even Joe's offering Clark up in this, in the mock draft. I don't know what he's expecting to get back for him or what he wanted back for him. Um, but I, I, the way that he played, the way that he fits with the way that Ja plays and even Tyus coming off the bench, I mean, he's a guy that can destroy second units. We, we got to keep him. Um, another young guy that, yeah, I don't know that I want to get rid of. Um, obviously, for the right package, I would reluctantly do so. Um, but Grayson Allen proved in the bubble that he's probably our best pure shooter, which I, I, I said all season, if you watch film and, and as a coach, I'm looking at form, the way that his feet are set, the way that his, his follow through, the spin on his ball, it's just a pure stroke. Um, and he, he had a breakout moment in the bubble for sure. Um, can he repeat it? I sure hope so. But he's somebody that like, we still have on the contract for two years, 2.5 million. I think that second year is an option. Um, but that is cheap shooting. Um, he can do playmaking, and 
he guarded like fours. He was guarding power forwards out there. Um, so like Grayson Allen to me, unless it's some, and again, if we're talking, if we're all on the same page that like we're, we're building for the future, that this next upcoming season is not one that we're going to compete for a championship. I see no reason why you move Grayson Allen. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm keeping Allen. Uh, Mr. Hogan, what are you, what are you going to do with him? I'm keeping him. I, yeah, like I said, I'm basing a lot of the stuff on what I saw in the bubble because it felt like that was what they were going with when they needed to win or felt like gave them the best chance to win. And Grayson came through when they needed him to. He's got a little dog in him too. So, I mean, I think he's one of those guys that you want to have on your team. He's a shooter. He can play play some defense, and he fits with this team. And he's doing everything that you're asking from him right now. And he's kept his – cool because you know he had he had the reputation coming into the Grizzlies a lot of people were like ah Grayson Allen the tripper you know this guy this guy you know he's all about himself and he seemed to kind of develop pretty well with this Grizzlies team so I think that they should stick with him and uh I don't think there's really not much that could be offered even that entice me to move Grayson in the offseason or anytime soon yeah, I agree 100%, um, especially based off the bubble. I mean, if we're looking simply based off the bubble, absolutely not. But, I don't know. Uh, like, the big picture in, like, two, three seasons down the road, he fits still consistently. Um, so I don't see there'd be any reason to trade. No. Uh, so we're heading into an interesting piece here with uh, a restricted free agent, I believe. No, or did we? I don't. Ben, you might know this better than I do. Is DeAnthony Melton restricted or is he unrestricted? Um, I believe he's restricted. Uh, so yeah, I believe he's restricted uh, free agent this year. I know that one of Josh or DeAnthony, or maybe both. Uh, lost bird rights in the trade or lost uh, the ability to have the restricted. I just couldn't remember. It might be Josh that we, we lost that with. Um, but anyways, Melton's one that for the right price, um, you bring him back. Uh, he, he proved himself, uh, I believe. And um, I guess the discussion comes down to what do you think the right price is? For me, the years don't matter as much as the dollar amount. Because like Ben brought up earlier, um, you've got you to lock up Morant and Jackson Jr. to extensions, and you've got to have the money to build uh, – to bring in somebody else, that third piece around him. And Melton's not going to be that third piece. So you don't want to put him on a contract that hinders your ability to do that. I'm not giving him more than $8 million a year. I've seen out there – you know, the, the Hawks were, were saying like $12 million a year, and they have him. Uh, he's all yours. There may be a team that does to us what we did to San Antonio with Kyle Anderson and offering a price that makes them uncomfortable matching. Um, and if that's the case, and I say we just don't match because there's another guy on our roster that we're going to come up to that I think we could sign to a cheaper deal that would benefit us um, just as well. Um, so for me, DeAnthony Milton's at the right price, and that's anywhere from two to three years at $8 million a year. Um. So I'm going to throw a little razzle-dazzle in here. Um, so I have probably an unpopular opinion. I don't, I don't necessarily think this is the smartest move. Um, but 
I could see a potential where you trade Jones because they have very similar numbers um, and save the money. Huh. I mean, I, I do I think that's best case scenario? No, but I, I definitely don't think it's worst case scenario. So you like what Melton brings I, I, maybe more than Jones? Do what? I didn't hear you, sorry. You like what Melton brings more than Jones does? Not necessarily. Um, I, I think with a little – since we've got time, we've got nothing but time for um, development. I think a couple of seasons, maybe two, he will start making smarter shots. And it might be worth the saving of money for the time being. It just – I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily the best case, but I could see it. I, I could vibe it. Okay, Ben. I think he's worth a two-year deal. Uh, I think we, we had this discussion on the last time we did a podcast, and I was like, I, I think about eight million a year is as high as yeah, like you said. But I would think maybe two years, twelve to sixteen million. But I wouldn't get in a bidding war with anybody if it came down to it. I like Melton, and I think that he has a future with the team. But I don't necessarily think that you need to you know, put the future in jeopardy on one of your big guys to keep Melton on this team. Right. He's, he's not a priority for the future of this team. While he fits, if he fits for the right price, then you make him fit. I think anything can happen for the right price. I just throwing out a, like a different scenario, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, when you've got DeAnthony Melton and Grayson Allen that can handle the ball handling duties on the second unit, then that's something if you – Might be worth it. I, I don't know. I can't see the future, but – Right. All right, let's rapid fire these last four. Um, Anthony Toller, do we bring him back on a vet men? Yes or no? No. No. I agree with the no. All right, you don't want an Ame. Do we do we two way him again? Do we let him walk, or do we put him on the on the NBA roster? Say two way. Yeah, I think so too. I'm letting him walk. I, I'd really, he's look. He's 26 years old. Going to be 27. Um, I think I'm going to sign somebody else that's a little bit younger to the two way deal out out of this draft. Um, he's. I mean, he's had his chance to kind of prove that whether or not he's going to be an NBA asset and while he's fun to put in the game. Um, and he probably helps with a little bit of uh, revenue with the Japanese audience. Uh, I think it might be time to move on from him. Um, John Conchar, two-way, let him walk or bring him on the roster? Uh, I'd bring him on the roster. Uh I think I'd let him walk. Wow. Brandon Abraham is not going to be happy. <laughs> I think I would. I mean. Not no. a Conchar fan, huh? You're not getting jitty with it? No, I don't. I cannot vibe that. Huh. Well, I am with Ben. I'm bringing him on the roster. Um, he's the guy that I think if Melton walked, you, you would be okay with having Conchar come in as a rebounding guard um, who can shoot the ball a little bit better than Melton can. He's not going to make the plays um, defensively, maybe, as Melton. He's not the, the same kind of energy, but he does bring some energy. I, I'm signing Conchar if I don't have Melton. And even if I do, 
I've got a roster spot. I think I'm bringing him up. Worst case, he's two-way. There's no way I let that guy walk. Um, Jonte Porter has a team option. Do the Grizzlies take it or let him go? I'd say let him go. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, for me, it's going to come down to what you do with Gorey Jang. If you move him, you, you you pick up the team option. I don't know what the deadlines are going to be on those, if one can happen before the other or not. Um, but if, if you had to make Jonte's choice first, then I think you let him go too. Um, you don't know what he's going to be like. It, it's going to suck. You know what happens with the Grizzlies all the time? They let some young guy go, and then he goes and balls out somewhere else. Um, you know, Hassan Whiteside did it. We let him walk, and then he turns into a stud for Miami. But I'm not jealous of that contract that Portland's paying him at all. Um, so we have one guy that's on the roster that we skipped. Um, fan favorites for some. Not so much for others. The Enigma himself, Dylan Brooks. Um, I was told that I had to be realistic. And we got like three minutes left. So I'm going to try to do this quickly. Uh, realistically, I, let's just put it like this. On NBA 2K, every time I start a franchise with the Grizzlies, I trade him for Malik Beasley before I do anything else. Like, I want this guy gone. Um, do I think it's going to happen? No. I do think he does not finish out his contract with the Memphis Grizzlies, but I do not think it's going to be this year that he gets moved. So, for the sake of following the rules, um, Dylan Brooks will stay on this roster. Mr. Hogan? I uh, I mean, I think – Best case scenario on this, I know it, I think it would uh, help everyone. You uh, wait till he goes on one of those five, six, seven game streaks where he's just awesome, not missing anything. You try and trick a team into saying, we got this guy who's awesome and try to get a lot back. I think yes. that would be uh, – that would benefit a lot of people. <laughs> I, 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 we talked about it beforehand. I, every time he does well and puts strings, strings of those games together, I'm always like, he's finally turned the corner. And then I'm wrong every time because then he's just like, you know, shooting without a conscience. He's just throwing them up there. In, not in, brick, doesn't matter. If he thinks he's feeling it, he's, he's going to shoot it. But you got to take the good with the bad. And I'm fine with him on the roster. Um, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a rule follower, so I'd, I'd trade him for two pieces of licorice and maybe a stick of gum. Um, I Do I think he's going anywhere? No, I don't. And it's, it's very toxic because, I mean, you live by Dylan Brooks, you die by Dylan Brooks. It's kind of – I like the idea that Ben had. If you can trick a team to get him off our roster, I am all about it. Um, but, no, I, I don't want him on my roster. Yeah, I, I don't either. And to even – he it is. It's the whole – he he gets in his own head and he gets overly confident. And I've never never fallen for good Dylan Brooks is finally here. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think he is what he is. Unless he changes his role to off the bench, then I could accept that. But as a starter, I can't have this Dylan Brooks on this team. Um, any last uh, comments before we wrap up? we got like a minute left. Um, I just think that I don't think a whole lot's going to happen this offseason. I, I would like to see some crazy stuff because what else is there to do right now? But I don't think it's going to happen. It is 2020. Crazy, crazy things do happen. 
Ben? I, I think if anything does happen, it's going to be towards the trade deadline, unless there's somebody that the Grizzlies had their eye on in the second round, which, you know, they really, really want, then they may move one of the smaller pieces, but I don't, I don't see anything happening. Really? Uh, well, while we wanted to make some noise on the podcast, um, the Grizzlies front office is probably going to be rather quiet this off season. Um, unless there's a few minor moves here or there, free agents, uh, the free agents that are available are not something that we're just going to jump all over. We might make it a bid here or there. Um, who knows what's going to happen with DeAnthony Milton. Um, but, you know, it's the off season. Need some content. Uh, so we want to say thank you to uh, Mr. Ben Hogan and Ms. Leanna Ritter for coming on and joining the 3ND podcast this week. Um, remember to check out the other podcasts on the Grizzly Bear Blues Network, GBB, GBB Live, the Core 4 Podcast, and the Starting 5. Until next time.